Welcome to the Learning at Home podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Gilbert Cadiz. Today, we will be talking to two education consultants out of Florida, USA. Their names are Allison Parker and Lacey Frank. Allison and Lacey are best friends and they're former teachers as well. And today we will be talking about raising happy, confident, and resilient kids. We're going to be discussing about why the concept of building resilience in young children is important in school and in life. And they'll be sharing some tips, insights, stories, and answering why resilience is such an important concept. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Allison and Lacey to the podcast. So let's hop right into the conversation. All right, Allison and Lacey, thank you both so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you. We're glad to be here. And uh, so talking from a parent and teacher perspective, can you give us a little bit of an intro about yourselves, your family, and a bit about your background as well? Sure. Um, I uh, am married and have one son. He's 14, um, just started high school, ninth grade. Um, I was a teacher for 18 years, and we started this business back in February 2015. This is Lacey. Um, I'm also married. I have two boys. Um, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old today. Um, Allison and I co-taught together prior to owning the business, so we kind of bring a wealth of our knowledge from education and our own parenting. So that's where we're at. Awesome. And so you have some experience here in, and especially with, um, I guess, your education and your background, you have some experience here in empowering your children to help them make better decisions. Um, Can you tell us about how parents can, in general, help to empower their children to make their own decisions? Um, Sure. Um, I think what we found as parents and as former teachers, um, I think allowing them the opportunity to make their own choices, even if we know they're not the right choices and we know that they're going to fail, I think that's really important uh, in today's world. Um, I, I I think we want to protect them. Um, I think that's our first instinct as parents um, or, or even as teachers, e- educators. But I think the best thing that we can do is allow them to make their own choices and then learn from those mistakes um, and then help them through um, those choices. All right. And how can we help children in their academics and in life as well as far as uh, being more empowered? Well, I think um, as long as we are up to date on um, knowing their teachers and knowing what's expected of them and passing that on to that responsibility onto the students, um, I think that allows empowerment um, to the students. Um, I think today uh, we all know what a helicopter parent is. We need to make sure that there's a balance there and we're not providing too much help and we're not hovering too much as a parent um, as they get older and move through elementary and middle and high school. um, We need to um, release that power and that responsibility to the students. Um, But now um, they're coming out with 
um, lawnmower parents saying that parents are, uh, there are certain types of parents mowing down problems in front of children so they don't um, have to deal with them. So it's really important for us to pass on um, the responsibilities to these students so they're more empowered as they get older. Um, and they're able to handle situations on their own. Um, we've got to have open communication and open conversations with our students, starting at our children, starting at a very young age. Um, responsibility and accountability um, is very important, both from a parent standpoint um, and an educator's standpoint. Uh, I think this also gives them confidence um, in making those decisions and being able to handle when something doesn't go their way or, you know, maybe a bad test grade that they didn't study for, being able to come to the parents and talk with them confidence that, um, I, I yes, I own ownership and responsibility. I didn't study for this test, but that, like Allison said, the open communication where they're not faced with uh, as a, an adult decisions that they can't um, competently be prepared for. It starts with little decisions. And then as their age um, progresses, being able to give them that responsibility and confidence in making those decisions. I think responsibility is absolutely absolutely an important part here. Um, what about nurturing their special interests, for example? How would that work for empowering children? Would it be important in this case to guide them completely, or would it be also just as important to, for example, um, help them nurture what they would like to accomplish or what they would like to do, what sports they would like to play, for example? I think, I think we, we both have um, experience with this. Um, my son plays one sport now. He plays golf. But as he was younger, um, he played every sport that was available to him. Um, uh, but he finally found a sport that he really, really enjoyed. Um, but L Lacey has uh, yeah, an experience so with this. Yeah, so my husband's family uh, is very baseball-oriented. Um, my father-in-law even has the local high school um, baseball field named after him. So it would be, you know, quite um, logical for both of my kids to, you know, be interested in baseball. However, um, my youngest son, from the time he could, um, you know, speak, was adamant that he would not play baseball. Um, he, at four years old, started playing soccer. And, um, you know, we are a family that knew nothing about soccer, but we had to delve right in, learn all of the um you know, terminology, and now he's on a travel soccer team and absolutely loves it. Um, had we forced him into that mold of being a baseball player, you know, he may or may not have been excellent. Um, he may or may not have been happy with it, but we definitely would have squelched that, um, his enthusiasm for finding that um, sport that he loves. Uh, and I think that just is important that parents take time, teachers especially, to find the interest of their students or, or children um, so that they can foster that love. Um, and you don't want to definitely miss um, those opportunities. I, I think it's, imp it, it, it's very important. Um, I think it's hard for parents to, for some parents, not to push a certain interest, their own interest, onto their children. Um, but, it, but it is very, very important. Very important. So aside from uh, speaking for about 
special interests here. How about teaching resilience? We're more and more exposed to this concept of uh, teaching children resilience. And at Tutor Doctor, we talk about the value of grit and why that's an important thing, especially for not just children, but adults as well. When it comes to accomplishing any goal, I think grit's an important thing. How can we help teach and uh, uh, how can we help teach children the concept of resilience and how to develop more resilience? I think this goes back to communication between parents and children. Um, I think sadly today, um, children, for whatever reason, have a hard time um, being told no or not making the team or making a bad grade and feeling like it's the end of the world and um, tomorrow's not going to come or it's, it, it's not going uh, to be okay tomorrow no matter how small the problem is. Um, and resiliency is really important. Um, and it's important for us to be able to teach our kids that it is going to be okay and you are going to get over this. And everybody deals um, with disappointment and failure. And we've got to learn to uh, stand up and take this and be able to move on. Um, it's important for children, it's important for uh, teens, it's important for adults, um, and communication is key. We have got to be the role models for our children, and if we are able to deal with these small everyday failures, our kids are going to be able to see that it's okay. If mom and dad or grandma and grandpa can deal with it and and they face these things, then oh, okay, um, then then I can do it. Um, it's one thing to be able to talk with your child and tell them what they should be doing and how they should be handling it, but then it's another to show them. When they actually see it in When action. they actually see it in action. So yes, communication is key um, and you need to be talking with them, but you also need to be showing them how to be resilient because we face failures every single day as adults. Um uh, even small failures, but our kids need to be able to see that. And sometimes we need, need to, uh, we need to show them what those failures are, are. Sometimes they don't even notice that we're dealing with those failures. So we need to call that out, um, and, and, and tell our kids what those failures are and show them, Hey, this is not the end of the world. Everybody faces it. Uh, we've got teenagers. So we have those conversations daily with our kids. Hey, it's not the end of the world. I know you feel like it is and you're not going to make it until tomorrow. But resiliency is is a conversation that we have. Um, oh, gosh, we, we have that conversation daily. daily with our kids, especially at the age that, that they are right now. Excellent. And I also think that the communication piece is an absolutely important part of this. So um, knowing that you are both brilliant communicators, both in person and on stage as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some recommended ways that you would think um, parents can communicate with children? Um, so we found because we're able to take our kids to school, but even in toting them to after school practices, um, the car is a great way to kind of their captive audience. Um, that we can talk about the day, talk about problems or, you know, celebrate successes, whatever it may be, but just that open line of communication. Um, they, you know, they can't go anywhere. They're, we ask that they put their devices up. And so it's just a time to kind of um, connect with them 
and have that open um, conversation, you know, with just about anything, light conversation. Um, it helps them to know that we're there, we're listening. Um, you know, they may or may not come to us for advice, but um, as that relationship builds, um, and they realize that we're just there to listen and to offer, you know, advice as needed, or maybe just it's just to be an, a set of ears to listen to them. Um, I think that validates their concerns. It also validates them um, having a voice in, in the family, um, which is really important uh, skill that they need to have. We've also found since we started um, making a point to have those conversations in the car with them, that there's nowhere for them to go. <laughs> they can't run off to their bedroom. Um, they can't get their their devices. Um, and if we've made a point to not drill them about their homework, not drill them about the test, not drill them about what did your teacher say, um, and, and just make it about them and their life. It, it's been hard for us as parents because we want to know how school went. We want to know what did they make um, on their math test. Um, we save that for later. We make that car conversation about them and their social life and about our relationship and how we can help them because we know we've got that captive audience, like Lacey said. Um, and that's a great relationship building time for us as parents um, and, and with our kids. That's our, our number one piece of advice for when to talk to your kids and when to have um, that great uh, communication time in the car, because today that's where we spend most of our time as families in the car. That's really interesting because I, I think, especially just thinking from a child's perspective, I remember like when a child is amped up about a sport or for example, they won a tournament and then you ask them how their grades are. I think that would be a totally awkward thing to talk about, especially for for the child themselves. So I think it's great that you have a conversation with them in the car, especially to make it about them. I think that's an amazing thing to do. And uh, I think uh, just to tie it back to what we've been talking about before, we've talked a little bit about resilience. We've talked about why it's important to role model resilience, but in life and in school, in your opinion, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Why exactly is resilience important for children? Oh gosh. I, I, I think, <clears throat> Anxiety, um, there's lots of research out there right now about the levels of anxiety being so high in school-age children. Um, and I think the lack of resiliency has a lot to do with that. Um, just like we talked about kids feeling like small failures are the end of the world. And because they don't have that um, ability to bounce back, um, their anxiety levels are just through the roof, um, school age all the way through college. And we've got to build the resiliency in our kids. And I think if we do that, their anxiety levels are going to go down. I think that's hand in hand. Um, and I think it's a really important problem that we as parents have got to start addressing. We've got to be able to help our kids bounce back from these small everyday issues that we as adults we deal with every day, but if we don't help them as kids right now learn to deal with their anxiety issues, we're not going to be able to um, rein them in. All right. In regards, in regards to building more resilience, why is it important as well to help encourage children to give back to their communities, to help them build more resilience and to build confidence? 
Uh, you know, you find so often today that kids are all about themselves. Um, what can you do for for me attitude? Um, and Very so, egocentric. yeah, egocentric, um, just, you know, they're, everything revolves around them. And so, you know, Allison and I have thought on different times um, about how can we get our kids involved in um, giving back to the community and getting them involved in that process. And so, you know, it does take instruction from us as adults to show them those opportunities so that eventually as they grow older, um, they're able to seek out those opportunities themselves. But something we've done in the past is um, there's a very large homeless population um, in downtown um, here locally. And um, it was around Thanksgiving and we just thought, what can we do um, to kind of give back or help um, those people in need? Um, so we brought all, all of our kids together. Um, we just quickly told them about the need that we saw in our community and we wanted their help. Um, and so we came up with little blessing bags. Um, we went to the dollar store with them and they helped us pick out socks and toothpaste, soap, some of those um, necessary items that they, uh, you know, a homeless person may need. Um, they came back, we, they wrote little generic notes to them um, and then we filled these bags um, with all of our, the goodies that they had helped collect. And I think it was just a really good um, opportunity for them to be involved in the process of creating them, but then also we took them to deliver the bags and for them to see um, the actual need. It wasn't like we just, you know, they helped in that process and then we took and delivered them, you know, by ourselves. They were actually able to see the people that they were impacting. Um, and, and while, it, you know, that was one particular instance, we've done it on multiple times um, with different things. Um, and I think it's just us being able to provide them opportunities of needs that are going on in our community um, for them to get out of themselves, basically. Um, and it takes that instruction from us as adults for them to kind of build those habits so that when they are older, they then can um, seek out those opportunities. And that's kind of ingrained in them. Um, that would be our hope and that would be our um, purpose behind starting young so that you can build that attitude um, of giving back. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about building relationships, building resilience, communication, giving back to communities. How can we all tie this into education and academics, for example? Well, I think that, you know, once students feel more or become more resilient and they're able to build relationships, those soft skills that are so very important, they then become um, more confident uh, and are able to focus on their academics much more. So they become more of a well-rounded student. Um, all of these skills are very, very important to the whole student. So it does play a part into the academic side of a student, um, and it's very important into the success of that student and um, uh, the academic side for sure. All right. Regarding those soft skills, I think that's absolutely a great point. Now, when children go to school, it's not just about school. It's about living life to the best of their ability as far as relationships go, building resilience, becoming emotionally um, positive and happy, for example. I think that's all important. Um, and in this case, just before we end the podcast off here, um, can you provide us with any single takeaway item to share as parents for parents? 
Um, I think resiliency is the biggest thing right now that we're focusing on as parents. And I think parents really need to hone in on that um, as a whole. I think kids face those little bitty failures every day. Um, sometimes they share them with their, their families and sometimes they don't. I think we need to bring attention to that. Um, and I think we need to um, really work on helping our kids um, overcome those failures and, and provide them with strategies on, on how to become more resilient. Um, we're definitely doing it. We're working on that. And I think that's going to help our kids um, become better people, become better students, more equipped. Um, and I think resiliency is, is really the key takeaway today. And I think to tag on to that, with that teaching that resilience and modeling that for them, um, I think it also um, builds their confidence, which allows them to be able to face anything inside or outside the classroom that may not go their way. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a whole well-rounded package when you're teaching that resilience, modeling it, you're giving them that confidence in a risk-free environment um, to be able to go out and face their little world of whether it be academic sports, um, their social um, aspects, whatever it may be, um, to be able to tackle those little uh, hurdles that may come their way. Awesome. Allison and Lacey, thank you both so much for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. This was an interesting one, and I was so happy to talk with Allison and Lacey as they're positive forces in the Tudor Doctor Network, and I love speaking with them in person as well. And I think my biggest takeaway from this podcast is when children experience the, the sensation of someone saying no to them or them failing in any way, shape, or form, whether it be in academics or sports, for example, it's okay. And I think it to hear it from Allison and Lacey directly it strengthens that idea that we should be thinking, yes, it's okay to experience failure because everybody does. And to experience failure is not a bad thing. It helps to build resilience. And I think as well, it ties really well with our previous podcast with uh, uh, Alex Gotchbrook about grow, uh, grow, developing a growth mindset, which is awesome. So I'm seeing all of this tie in together. And I love the, the conversation that I had specifically with Allison and Lacey here. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.